Welcome to Teacher Formation, where we unpack and apply current research to teaching from a Catholic perspective. We believe that teacher formation is an ongoing process that includes learning from current research um, or best practices in schools. So each episode, we will unpack a work of current scholarship applied to teaching. For this episode, we've chosen a chapter from Tom Schimmer's book um, in 2016, Grading from the Inside Out, and we can link to that in our show notes for anyone who would like to read along with us. Uh, We'll be talking about chapter six, How to Repurpose Homework. So in this uh, chapter, Schimmer lays out the debate about homework, um, whether it should be assigned or not, and how it should be used by schools. And he contends that whether or not teachers assign homework, homework should never be factored into actual grades for students. Right. What I really liked about this article, Monica, is that it gives teachers some ideas about how to think about homework beyond just grading and grading all of it. Um, And I think also it pushes teachers to think about their purpose. Uh, the original purpose behind giving students homework, be it for practice or, you know, repetition um, or grading, like you just mentioned. Was there anything poignant for you or thought-provoking for you as a researcher from your particular background uh, in this article? You know, Aaron, I had a lot of reactions to uh, the thoughts that Shimmer had put out in this chapter. When he talks about homework uh, as being practice instead of the actual performance, I think that's really important to keep that in mind, that homework is meant to be this practice and sort of a formative activity rather than being a summative activity that should be graded as a final performance. From a motivational perspective, it made me think about um, the purpose behind the activity, giving a student the motivation to do it. So when you're assigned an activity, particularly homework, and you know it's going to be graded, the motivation there is to get the points for it. And so if that's the motivation, some students will work hard on it to try to get the answers correct to get those points. Other students may be tempted to cheat or copy other people's work to try to get the answers because they want to get those points. So you're kind of incentivizing students to get the answers correct in order to get the points. Whereas if the purpose of the activity is more for practice and developing skills, it takes away some of that motivation to just get the correct answer and makes the motivation more about learning. Students would be more likely to actually put in the work and try to learn the material rather than just get the correct answers to get the points on something. So I think that's an important distinction why they're doing it or not. Now, of course, you're going to have some students who are just not motivated to do that work and don't want to do it, whether or not they're being graded. Those students would, if they didn't do the homework and it was graded, they would be docked points and their grades would suffer for that. If they didn't want to do the work and it wasn't graded, at least it's not going to impact their final grade and their grade will accurately reflect what they actually know when they do the assessments in class. So that's kind of the part of the argument that Shimmer outlines in this chapter. Uh, And I think that really rang true for me. It made a lot of sense intuitively about how students approach homework and the ways that they, that they are motivated to do that and to learn. 
Great. I, that was really interesting to me too. And I find for me that it is this balance between giving students authentic practice at a strategy or skill, which I think is what you were just uh, talking about, and allowing students to practice things that they need to be able to do correctly and quickly. So balancing that with this idea that you know, home is definitely time for doing homework or that this requirement is going to change your grade or count for anything beyond practice. So, I mean, and I I think also this idea that was in the article in that whole practice section and why does practicing matter by Malcolm Gladwell. I had that highlighted when I was reading this article because he says that excellence requires practice, right? And so we have this push and pull between we want our students to be excellent at, you know, their mathematical skills or we want them to be excellent reading comprehenders. So that's obviously going to take practice, right? But then you're hitting the nail on the head when you say if we grade it all the time or if we make this something that students have to do and are counted down for, they're not going to want to practice in an authentic way. And maybe they're not going to attend to the actual process. They're just going to focus on the right answer or giving the teacher what they want to see or hear rather than practicing authentically. So I think that is such a a push and pull there that is so important for learners of all ages too. I mean, your littlest learners all the way up through high school. I think Canon should be thinking, or teachers should be thinking about this. So, Erin, I like your use of the term authentic practice there. I think that is really important for, for students to have that authentic practice. I think one issue that I struggle with that, that I think about a lot regarding homework is that it seems that homework is usually given out as sort of a one-size-fits-all uh, type of assignment where all students are given the same amount of homework and really not all students need or um, can do. Or are able, right. Correct, or are able to do the same amount of homework because you have students who struggle and an assignment may take them an hour, whereas other students may be able to do it in 10 or 15 minutes. And also some students just don't need the same amount of practice as others. If you already have mastered a skill, you already have achieved that excellence. I don't see the point of continuing to repeat it over and over again to exhaustion where students might face boredom of that rather than being enriched and extended with uh, additional assignments. So I think there's a differentiation component in here that I recognize is difficult to achieve in traditional school settings, but I think it's important to think about whether it's appropriate for all students to be doing the same homework or the same amount of homework in all cases. Right. I, I, I heard that in this article when he talked a little bit about the quantity and quality debate. And also, like you're exactly like you're saying, the differentiation. So I think that's really important. And I think for our teachers to start to think about that, especially if you're a novice teacher, it can be so overwhelming. Like you said, it, now I have to differentiate homework as well as my daily lessons. Um, it's a lot. And I think one thing that I've taken to heart, I think as a supervisor and even as a parent in my own life, because my kids learn differently and at different speeds, is setting a timer, right? And so maybe we want authentic, high quality practice of that math skill or of reading comprehension for 20 minutes. So, you know, encourage parents teachers out there, encourage parents to set that timer. And if they're authentically practicing for 20 minutes, 
then that's enough, right? They don't need to struggle through 25 math problems taking an hour, even if the other second grader or fourth grader could do it in 15. So setting that timer and focusing on quality of practice, I think, might be a way to differentiate to begin to differentiate something that certainly could be differentiated in other more complex ways. I like that. I like the idea of a timer. I also like in um, elementary classrooms in particular when homework is given as not an amount of work to do, but more a time limit to do something. So practice your math facts for 10 minutes. Right. That might be. You can go online and use flat, or you can use flashcards. You can go online and do a game that has math facts. But do math fact practice for 10 minutes and read for 20 minutes and not necessarily have to do anything else with it, but just have those expectations that that's what you're doing for homework. It's not something that's graded, but it's authentic practice of skills that are necessary and that we know that practice actually builds those skills. Whereas sometimes homework that's given are not things that are really research-based to improve the skills when they, when they practice problems at home when they might be actually practicing misconceptions if they're not doing the work correctly anyway, and then it's causing more damage when they're uh, practicing things that are incorrect and reinforcing those misconceptions through that practice. So I think that's something to be aware of as well. Right. Because parents, right? Parents have all kinds of responsibilities at home and we teach kids from all different kinds of family structures and situations. So I think it's so true that we don't ever know how much of that work is authentically a child's. And, and I think that can also come into play here. So if you have your mom sitting with you helping you complete, you know, compound sentences, but another child is at home on his or her own, that that support that is necessary to learn and practice a skill authentically might not be there. And then, but then on the flip side, as a teacher and a parent, and I think probably in maybe you too, I've seen homework build confidence, right? I've seen homework where my kids are practicing their spelling words and then they do well on that spelling test. And they're like, yes, you know, and it might not have happened if we had, they had that confidence to go in that test or to take that math test or that science test that we studied our vocabulary words for. It gave them confidence to go in there and do well. So I don't think this is such a, this is definitely not a cut and dry situation at all. It's, it's, it's really easy to say homework is useless. It's no good. The research shows that it's not effective. Um, and that is true. There's lots of research out there. And this article points to that. Some really strong studies that show that homework doesn't have a strong correlation with academic achievement. In, in a lot of ways. Um, but then you and I, and it's maybe even in your field, I have seen confidence build, right? And so that's, that's beyond an academic skill, but I think it is certainly correlated with academics having higher confidence. So, I mean, it is really this very complex, I think, issue for teachers to consider. Absolutely. I love that. It's, it's not a black and white kind of cut and no. dry homework is all good or homework is all bad. And I think Shimmer does a nice job of stating that and saying that it's not just about this debate of whether or not you should assign homework, but as a teacher, be thoughtful about how you evaluate it, if and how you use it for grades. And his position is that homework that is practiced should not be graded because that's formative work. It's developing the skills. It is not performing and showing what they know and demonstrating it as a summative assessment. He does say that there are some times when projects go home or, you know, larger assignments go home that actually are demonstrations of final knowledge uh, that parts of those could be graded. So it's, it, again, even within his chapter, it's not a always yes or always no. It is a much more nuanced approach to homework and, and thinking about whether the, whether the homework is actually practice or 
or not. Uh, and if it is practice, being sure not to grade it. And I think the large reason is because that grade could not accurately reflect what the children actually know and are able to do. Rather, that grade reflects whether or not they did the homework, or it may re reflect other inequities within um, children's home lives that, you know, as you had stated, Aaron, sometimes they have parents at home who can help and sometimes they don't. And of course, that's not really fair to make that factor into grading. So I, I really think he did a nice job of expressing kind of the debate about homework and leading to some practical ideas for teachers. Right. And I think one of the biggest questions I get as an as a supervisor is from teachers wondering um, how to work with parents and homework. So I was wondering, you're a parent and a teacher and a teacher educator. And I think something that maybe a lot of the teachers that are listening to us might wonder about is how do I talk to parents about homework? What advice would you give to a novice teacher about how to talk to parents about homework? That's a good question. I think it's a, it's a really important question. And to clarify, yes, Erin, you and I both have young children in school. So our kids are in third grade and below. So we're, we'd be talking mostly with young elementary teachers. Although I think that there are ways that teachers can talk to parents of older children, older students as well. Um, in middle and high school, I think these conversations still need to occur about what's appropriate, what's expected for homework. I think, first of all, um, making sure to express that homework is supposed to be the the child's work and not to have parents be doing the homework for the children or even excessively helping with it. We want the homework to be authentically the children's practice, the children's work. And I think it's, it's good for parents to be encouraged to observe the homework or to be aware of what the homework is, to participate in some way in it, but that the work really should reflect what the child is doing and not what the parent is doing. I think that teachers should also be flexible with parents about homework. I like when teachers are able to give all of the homework for a week at the beginning of the week and say, this is what's going to be due at the end of the week. Do it whenever you want. The expectation is that you're doing a little bit each day and then it's all due at the end of the week, but giving some flexibility there. I think it shows that you respect children's and families' home lives that, you know, maybe a child has soccer practice one night or is just having an off night and doesn't want to do their homework one night, they should be given a little bit of flexibility to skip that night and do the homework the next night or do that practice when it's appropriate for them. So I think I always appreciate when teachers can give some flexibility in homework assignments. I also think just being upfront with parents about how you use the homework and how it is supposed to be practiced. And if you are not grading the homework, I think it's important to let parents know that you're not going to be grading it for accuracy. You're going to be looking to see that students are putting forth effort on it and that you have open communications. If there's some reason why your student's not able to do this homework, you know, I, I want to know about it. I want to be able to work with them and help them. So I think being open about it and an expectation that, you know, homework should take about 15 minutes to do this assignment tonight. If it's taking your child a lot longer than that, just stop and send it in the next day with a list of questions about what problems your child struggled on or why it was taking so long. And we can address those things. But I hate to think of a child spending an hour on an assignment that uh, a teacher only expects to take 15 minutes because the child really is struggling with it to that extent. Right. For me, one thing I, I want my teachers and all teachers uh, to help parents with is to build a homework routine for it for their kids. And I think this article doesn't really get to that, but I think one of the important ideas around homework is to build this idea of 
responsibility and ownership of learning and ownership of skill building. And I think sometimes our teachers might forget or not know to talk to parents about knowing who your kids are and setting up that routine for the kids. So even middle schoolers, even high schoolers, is there a space in their bedroom where they're expected to do homework? Is it the kitchen table? Do you want them to do it right when they get home from school? Or are they a kid that needs an hour or two to decompress and play or to kind of veg out for a little bit and then jump into homework? So I think that having that routine uh, set and those expectations set at home and have some consistency around that, if possible, will really help all kinds of students complete homework in a more uh, efficient and successful way. So I think that's a piece of advice that the teachers may be able to give parents too. Absolutely. Um, I, I am drawn to thinking a little bit about high schoolers in this sense too, and particularly overachieving high schoolers in taking all of these AP courses and honors courses and the sheer volume of homework that they are expected to do. Do you have any thoughts about that or any advice for teachers in those situations about how to make homework more manageable for these students? I do. I think like this article says, it's really important for teachers to think about what's the purpose of the homework. Are we having students complete tasks at home that could be done in the course of the actual lesson? Could we do some of this practice and inductive work in and through a lesson structure rather than a teacher maybe, you know, lecturing for the entire 45 minutes or using a slideshow? I think the other most powerful tool that I've seen being used more frequently with my high school teachers is online systems. So a lot of Google Class and a lot of other systems that high schools are using now give teachers more control over what's expected at home. So it might be filling out a graphic organizer for a social studies section of a chapter or something like that. But if that if those tasks are posted, parents and teachers and students are more able to see what's expected rather than just bringing home stacks and stacks and stacks of homework. So I think things like that, being able to keep track and keeping it online and visible for everybody is more useful than sending home six, you know, huge assignments with a, a group of students. How about you? Any ideas? Um, I do think it would be great if high school teachers could collaborate with one another more to ensure that they're not all assigning large time-intensive homework assignments on the same night. So if there's a big project due in one class and many of the students in that class are also taking another class, trying to coordinate those assignments so that they're not all due the same time, similar with like not having a test in every subject the same day, I think is, right. uh, it's just beneficial for students to be able to pace themselves and use their time more wisely. Um, I also think the purpose is important and the kind of the meaning behind the assignments to help students understand why you're asking them to do the tasks that you're asking them to do and make sure that the work is actually meaningful. So for example, um, an assignment to copy definitions out of a dictionary um, is one example that I'm thinking of. So if a student's asked to do that, what's the difference between copying the, the words from a dictionary or from an online dictionary or just copying your friend's paper who's already written that out? It's the same learning objective. It's the same product there. Um, is the dictionary skill that what you're what you're trying to 
to test there or is it the definitions of the words? And if it's just the definitions of the words, it really doesn't matter where they get them from. So what's to stop a student from copying from somebody else? So I think a more meaningful assignment would be using those words in self-generated sentences or describing those words in their own in their own words what they mean rather than copying definitions for example so i think i mean that's just a silly example of a particular assignment that may not be meaningful work and i think making sure that the assignments are meaningful tasks is one of the best things that teachers can do to ensure that the homework is uh, useful for students. Right. Another thing that I have a couple of my uh, teachers doing, which I think is really cool, and this is um, this is a, a little bit of a stretch, but I think some experienced teachers might find it uh, thought-provoking, is doing a bit of a flipped classroom. So instead of actually having to do homework math problems or, or you know, some, some of the skill, smaller skill-building things that you're talking about with vocabulary, their homework is to watch and listen to the teacher either give the short lecture or I've seen it's math teachers who are working through actual problems and you hear the teacher thinking aloud, completing the math equation, and that is then the fodder for class the next day. So having everyone listened for homework and then they come in the next day and then they do the practice, the actual skill or the problem or, you know, complete the Freyer model for the vocabulary, having watched the PowerPoint at home in the classroom where the teacher is there, present and able to address misconceptions, to encourage students and to actually do and, and help students complete the business of learning, <laughs> the process of learning. So I think that is a really powerful thing for high school students. And in the math classrooms I've seen, it has been a game changer for a lot of our teachers who just didn't have enough time. Because, you know, in high school, we have such short chunks of time, right? Us right. elementary teachers are lucky. We can we can stretch our time. We, we, we can be flexible with that for the most part. But, you know, when you only have 50 minutes with a group of, you know, juniors in high school to do that trigonometry, it, it goes by really quickly. So this flipped idea has been super powerful. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a really innovative approach. And I think maybe it's a topic for another podcast episode for sure. Yeah, I do too. And I think I think my the other innovative idea that I want to put out there for teachers with homework and high schoolers is I guess I talked about Google Classroom a bit. Google Voice is something that's a tool for Google Classroom. So I've had language teachers, uh, world language, so any um, Spanish, French, and also literature teachers who have their students leave a, a voice message, a Google Voice message answering a question. So it might be, you know, read a chapter and then Talk to me about what you thought was most interesting. So instead of having them to write it, talk, you know, ask me three questions in French about the weather outside or whatever. It, it takes less effort, but it gets at the idea of meeting the skill or strategy that you want the students to meet without actually having to do the paperwork or the busy work that can't be replicated or copied, like you said, so it's authentic. Um, it's been a really cool way to watch teachers do that kind of thing, too. Yeah, I have not had experience with Google Voice yet. Thanks for sharing that. That sounds like a great idea. So at this point, let's let's talk about some takeaways for, from this chapter on homework, Erin. Did you have a takeaway when you were reading this, something that you would think about from a researcher perspective? Are there any good research questions or ideas that you got from this? I did a little bit as a more qualitative researcher. So thinking about gathering um, stories and data from, you know, students and teachers' ideas and perspective. This idea in the article about balance really had my mind turning. And what might balance look like in the realm of homework? 
how do we balance practice, which we know from research builds confidence, with this idea of not making it busy work and making sure it's authentic practice. So I'm kind of curious about what that balance might look like, how to, how to even, I'm not even sure how to study that necessarily, but I think it's a big question that could and should be answered. And I think that it probably has different iterations depending on the grade level of the student and the teachers involved. So how about you? Any research or ideas that are coming to your brain? Yeah, one thing I uh, was drawn to is, Shimmer talked at one point in this chapter about making homework optional. And I really wanted to think more about that and what that would look like in schools. If homework were actually optional, how would that translate to um, students learning? Would students continue to do the homework or not? And would they, would, would it have an impact on their grade? So I'd love to do some type of an experiment where um, a teacher would agree to make homework optional for a year and we could track and see what that actually does to students' achievement and to student learning. I really like that idea. I think it'd be something interesting to follow up on. Me too, because even in my own life, my ki- I could see my children uh, going on different sides of that very question. I have a, a, of a child who would never do the homework, and I'm not sure if it would, it, it would affect performance later on or achievement. And then I have another child that would certainly do the homework, and I'm not sure either. So I do. I think that would be really interesting. Absolutely. And that would be different at different grade levels as well. So again, our children are young, but I wonder right. how that would look in a high school making homework options. Yes. I think it would have very different implications in a high school than it would in an elementary school. So yeah, I think it'd be very interesting to, to study that. Uh, what's your key takeaway here? I know we've talked about a lot of takeaways, but what would be one kind of key takeaway for teaching? I think um, really helping students and parents understand the purpose of homework in your classroom. And I think for me, it's this idea of setting those time limits. I really, really believe that if teachers can help students and parents set a time limit for the amount of authentic practice to happen, that we'll all be better off. Um, So I think that's kind of my key takeaway is to help teachers understand that I want them to read for 20 minutes or I want them to practice their math for 20 minutes. This idea of time limits, I really believe can be a game changer in classrooms and in students and and parents, that partnership between the classroom and the home and the purpose of homework. Good. How about you? Yeah, I think for me, the key takeaway for teachers, I think it's, it's kind of twofold. I think the takeaway is to, if you are grading homework, to stop grading homework, to stop taking points for homework um, and going along with that to stop punishing students for not doing homework uh, by taking away things like recess that students are missing out on because they didn't do the homework. Again, I, I, I feel this way because of lots of research that shows that homework is not necessarily beneficial to students' growth and learning and to the fact that there are so, so many other factors that influence students' homework, um, homework production rather than just their own, uh, things that are under their own control. So whether or not they have help from home, whether or not the homework is developmentally appropriate for them, whether or not they, they were ill or had other things going on that evening. So, um, I would just encourage teachers not to be, not to be strict about punishing students for not having their homework done. Uh, and in terms of the grading, I'm just going to go with what Shimmer said, is that the, the homework that's practiced should not be graded. So find other ways to hold students accountable for doing the work by having them show the benefits of that work in the classroom and their work so that their, their work in the classroom should be better and improved because of the practice that they did at home, but that it should not impact their final grade. 
How about from a Catholic perspective? So uh, is there anything there that you have or no? Because I do. I was thinking that this idea with homework really calls us to think about the principle of Catholic social teaching, which is a call to family. And I think that certainly in Catholic schools, but in every school out there, the school and the home should be partnered and that we should be thinking really hard about how school can also support the life of a child outside of the school building and that teachers should know and understand that family lives and the call to family is just as important, if not more important, to a child's development than academic schoolwork. Uh, And I think that keeping that in mind as um, a teacher can be really powerful when you think about the work that you do during the day and then who that child is outside of the academic classroom and academic space. And that might be everything from service work with the family to sports and events to visiting grandparents who are ill, to helping, you know, families who come together like mine does and make dinner together. And it takes a long time, but I really think it's just as beneficial as homework um, because of this call to family. So I think that is something we could consider as um, Catholic teachers and, and or teachers in a Catholic school. I like that, Erin. I like that a lot. I would certainly echo your thoughts on that and the call to family. Uh, and just to add that, I think part of the Catholic teaching is also an appreciation for the beauty of all God's creation and that we don't have time to appreciate God's creation if we're sitting doing homework all night long. So I, exactly. I, <laughs> if, you are, if you are where I am, which is in beautiful Arizona, get out and ride your bike. So even now, in, in, we're recording this in January. So even now in January, get outside. In Ohio, it would be more like skiing or sledding. Go build a snowman. (laughs) Right, but enjoying God's creation. Right, we're multifaceted people, and I think that's important for teachers to remember. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Teacher Formation. We hope that we've encouraged you to think more deeply about the practice of homework in your teaching. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.